The Carmen and Yurko podcast is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Check out the ESPN Chicago Games, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka at ESPNChicagoGames.com. Watch us compete against each other. Share memories and laughs, all for charity. Tito's Handmade Vodka celebrates 25 years. Cheers to you, Chicago. Live from State Street and the old National Bank Studio, this is Carmen and Yurko. See them on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. We're listening to the ESPN Chicago app, ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Goes off the rest of the week. Jeff Meller sitting in with me today and tomorrow. And then tomorrow night, a lot of us are off to Dallas with White Claw for week eight. Can't wait to get to uh, back to AT&T Stadium. It'll be the uh, second trip into that beautiful building. I can't believe it's 13 years old already. But it's a pretty spectacular palace. Hopefully the Bears built something like it in Arlington Heights, in our own Arlington. Uh, but we'll be down there for the game Sunday. And I'm going to be doing the show live with Peggy on Friday in Irving, Texas, just a little bit west of downtown Dallas. We're going to be at the Twin Peaks Irving location at 1500 Marketplace Boulevard. So come by and see us. And then York and Peggy will do a live edition of the postgame show on a Sunday, late Sunday afternoon, early Sunday evening in Dallas at the Grand Prairie Twin Peaks location. Meller's got pregame with Dion this Sunday morning. From 10 until noon. Let's get an update from Hallis, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Courtney Cronin joins us each and every week. Read her great stuff at ESPN.com. Follow her on Twitter at Courtney R. Cronin. And she's brought to you by ETI School of Skilled Trades. Uh, It was really a nice win and a nice positive step for this franchise and for the coaching staff, Courtney. I mean, they could get smacked in the mouth. They're... You know, going to be a big underdog again this week against uh, a great defense. They're probably going to be close to a double-digit underdog. So we'll see how much the tune changes. But they have to have some confidence up there right now and feel good about themselves after that game on Monday night. Yeah, they do. And I think the coaching staff has to feel the same way as the players do, knowing what Bill Belichick said in his summation of why Monday played out the way it did. I mean, they got out coached. the Patriots, that is, by a team that was really well-prepared. And, you know, you don't always have 10 days in between games to scout your next opponent and also do a lengthy self-scout, but it's clear that they utilized the time that they had in the right way and actually put action behind what they said they were going to do. So often we hear about self-scouts and evaluation and coaches saying that they're going to change things and personnel and scheme, and it doesn't typically pan out but it did and their identity is changing which i think is a great thing they finally figured out the best way to utilize justin field is with these we fields with these design quarterback runs and that that could be a big part of their identity going forward it, it took seven weeks but that's an encouraging sign and i think that one you know that you know now that you put that stuff on tape it's going to be something that teams are going to be more apt to defending which you know we even heard from patriots players say that that they got killed by quarter you know design quarterback runs it's not the first time that that's happened for them but they weren't anticipating it happening as much with fields because it just wasn't on tape so to see those sort of adjustments you know rings true to that the, the fact that this is a well coached team and they're a patient team too and trying to figure out what works best for them Courtney, I uh, was mentioning to Carmen, I was really stunned. One of the few times I can remember being absolutely floored by what I saw from the Bears recently because 
They went in and on Monday Night Football with Bel- Bill Belichick having an opportunity to go ahead and pass George Hallis. I really didn't think we were going to see what we saw. Did you sense a little? Have you sensed a little bit of confidence from Matt Eberflus over the last couple of days, having a chance to listen to him meeting with the media that they maybe were expecting that, or did they even surprise themselves a little bit? Mm. Yeah, and I think you heard the video, or if you saw the video after the game that the team produced where Eberflus is talking to the, to the group in the locker room saying that you know they weren't surprised by that, that they knew that they could eventually get to this point. I mean, I don't think anybody thought a 33-14 beatdown was going to be the result of a game in New England against Bill Belichick when he was trying to surpass George Hallis for the second most wins all time. But I think it goes back to what Ryan Poles told us before the game when he called his impromptu press conference and what players and coaches have been saying for weeks, that they just need to learn how to finish. And I know that sometimes that can make your eyes gloss over uh, because it's such a cliche term, And but they have been close in games. I mean, you think about yeah, yeah. the game against Minnesota where they had a chance to go down in the final two minutes and win the game, and before that against New York, it was a 20-12 to 12 game. They had a chance if it wasn't for that muff punt actually put themselves in position to score and so that's I wouldn't say that there's like an like Matt Eberflus is exuding confidence or anything I think keeping level with it and, and kind of cruising altitude so to speak is is the best way to approach it because you know like Carm mentioned they're going to be underdogs in the in this game they already are and I wouldn't be surprised to see the line move on that knowing that you know Sam Mustafer is going to remain at center um, obviously the Cowboys pass rush is is really lethal and and that's going to be a problem for an offensive line that is kind of going back to taking a step back now that we know that Lucas Patrick is likely headed to injured reserve today Eberflus told us that this morning Um, but to remain kind of where they're at right now knowing this is something that they can build on that's the vibe I get from you know these 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 players that we spoke with following the game Matt Eberflus today they showed that they can finally do it. Like They proved it to themselves more than anything else, which I think is important when you're building something to be able to sustain that buy-in on a week-to-week basis. Courtney Cronin is our guest. It's Carmen and Yurko Meller sitting in for Yurko on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I know I beat a dead horse. I can't help it. Valus Jones was on the field for 13 <laughs> offensive snaps. Uh, that's 18%. I don't believe he was targeted in the game. He's been on the field for 11% of the Bears' offensive snaps in the four games. He's been active. He has two catches for 19 yards in four games. Nine skill position players, nine skill position players, had more snaps than Valus a couple nights ago, including uh, Trayvon Wesco. And I, I get some of that is because they were going big and they were going heavy a little bit, and they did some extra tight end stuff. I mean, I get it. But it's just like I, I what I don't get, Courtney, is 13 offensive snaps. I mean, what... What are they waiting for? What are they not? What are they not seeing? I mean, maybe th- is that the bigger question? Is why Valus Jones is just not part of this offense right now? Yeah, it's it's certainly something that you need to take note of. And I, I know Matt Eberflus was asked about it this morning, and it makes sense because you drafted, you used one draft pick on your double digit draft picks that you acquired this year on a wide receiver, and the guy's not being a wide receiver for you, and. He, it's not a punt returner right now, which, you know, it's interesting because Eberflus, the last question he was asked by Josh Schrock from NBC Sports Chicago, um, he kind of like preemptively started to answer it. He thought he was being asked about Bayless as a punt returner, of what he needs to show to potentially get his job back. And he's like consistent. And he's like, oh, wait, you mean an offense? He's like, yeah, well, and he's kind of going on this stuff where he's just not putting it all together yet. And I think that that's the problem that you've seen through seven weeks that even when he has been healthy, 
just he hasn't been able to contribute as much. Um, and, it, and it kind of makes you scratch your head because you're like, well, you saw the jet sweep. That was a touchdown in Minnesota in the third and eight against Washington. Uh, that was important because that set up the Pettis touchdown from Fields. Why can't they tap into more of that? And I just wonder, I don't think it's injury-related at this point. It, it can't be because he's been healthy for every game that he's been able to play in since coming off. Um, he wasn't on IR since, you know, coming back uh, week three, week four in in New York. So I I just tend to think at this point, there might not be something clicking entirely with his grasp of the offense and him getting a bigger role because you have to earn those roles. And this shouldn't, in theory, be as hard of a depth chart to crack because you've Uh seen Darnell Mooney be the guy. And even then, like he hasn't been able to to perform uh, all that, you know, in great stretches. So, you know, I, I think for Valus Jones, this is a chance for him to continue to try to prove himself that he deserves a share of those targets because it is glaring right now that for somebody who was projected to be a big part of this because he has speed that no one else in that receiver room does, the fact that he's not is more on the player, I think, than the coaching staff not giving him ample opportunity. Courtney, you mentioned there that uh, Ryan Poles with the impromptu conversation with you guys prior to the Monday Night Football game. Curious now, with the win, how do you think he walks that fine line of approaching the trade deadline, which is on Tuesday, whether or not he will be looking to add potentially someone like a receiver who could help out Justin Fields or potentially subtracting and maybe, you know, is there a market there for Robert Quinn? How do you think he walks that fine line coming up on Tuesday? Yeah, it's a good point because, um, and I asked him about this specific to the wide receivers in the offensive line, um, because he had mentioned before before I asked him that question, like, you know, Justin's improving. He was encouraged about his development, but that everybody, you know, guys around him need to play better too. So with that said, I asked him, like, okay, well, does that, does, knowing that, does that make you want to be more active at the trade deadline to potentially get a wide receiver? And, of course, he's not going to say yes or no, but I, I read that as they're still trying to stick to their plan of how they want to build this team. And you got to give Poles credit for his patience because there's never been a situation where he's bought into a knee-jerk reaction or sort of move to add a player to this roster where it could potentially affect them down the line of something they would give up in order to do that. So I, I don't think that they're going to be active buyers. I really don't in terms of selling, though. I mean, Robert Quinn is the name that we hear quite often the last couple of days just because it makes sense for a team like a Kansas City that might be, you know, obviously with the suspension, I think, for Frank Clark, yep. there's still a couple more games. And, you know, you have to look at teams that might need to bolster their pass rush. He's an option. But things that make that trickier is contract. But you got an $18.23 million cap hit next year which would be good for the Bears in the sense like he's not going to be part of their plan long term. That's what we have been led to believe this entire time. And it makes sense. He's 32 years old. He's on the other side of, you know, of 30, potentially a couple more years of his career. He's been playing for 12 years. Like it's, you know, he's not closer to the end. He's closer to the end of his career than he is the beginning of his career. But can you structure it in a way where the Bears might have to take on some of that financial responsibility the way that, the Denver Broncos did last year with Von Miller, if they are able to pull off a trade for Robert Quinn. Now I've been, I've come on here and I've said this before. I've been skeptical of it just because I don't know what the return in terms of draft capital, if it's really going to be worth it for 
the Bears to end up pulling that off and sending Robert Quinn somewhere. Like if, if all you can get is like a seventh round pick um, or maybe even a six, I just don't know if that return is, is, I mean, you could have probably gotten far more for him uh, five, six months ago at the draft. And, and that's when the window was the best, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them move on from Quinn. I would be surprised to see them, be more active and be actual buyers at the deadline. One more name that I have to throw at you, Courtney, because I think most people assume it's not on the table, but is there anything coming off of his best game on Monday night? Roquan Smith, who Uh. right now has the contract issue with the Bears. He registered a sack, an interception, 12 tackles, and he clearly wants to get paid. Is there any scenario where you could envision Ryan Poles trading away Roquan Smith? I don't think so. And I've also said this because I just see the USA after this year, assuming, you know, I mean, the Bears could franchise him. There's a number of different scenarios that could play out here. But for other teams, yes, he's playing great ball right now. And the interception, his stock continues to go up. So that's going to make his price continue to go up. So if he gets traded somewhere, I mean, are you doing this on a one year rental, hoping that it'll pan out and you can give him a massive contract? potentially, but I can't see the Bears wanting to part ways with him right now. I really can't. He's been so center to what they've been doing here on the defensive side of the ball that I think it might actually set them back uh, a couple steps if they end up tra- if they were to end up trading him. But then again, you know, Paul said this when I, when I approached him about the wide receiver question, like they're constantly listening. And I think that you have to be smart and judicious about that whether, you know, everybody at any point uh, on this team right now, everyone's auditioning. I mean, they're a young team for a reason, and you're auditioning for next year. So if you do get a call about somebody and it's an offer you can't refuse, I think that they would be wise to make sure that they're listening to those conversations. So are they changing their tune long-term on Roquan at all? I mean, are they realizing, hey, he's kind of important to our defense? I think that they had the same tune about him. I just think that they don't want to overpay for okay. a position where the market is where it is right now. I mean, Brian Poles was adamant months ago saying he didn't want to trade Roquan Smith and they were trying to work out a deal. I just think that, I mean, their number and his number very clearly were very far off. But um, I don't think that they're changing their long-term stance because I think they want him here. That's going to be an interesting one to follow again. I mean, because it sounds like they're just not that close. They, They like him. They value him. They think he's a very good football player, as we all do. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to pay north of uh, who knows whatever that number is. If it's if it's ninety million, if it's a hundred million, I don't know. I guess I'm with you, Courtney. I, I can't see them trading him by next week. So I think we're going to do this whole song and dance again in the off season next year. We'll I know. See. I agree yep. entirely. I think that the off season for him, yep. uh, in you know, if he ends up getting franchised or if they can try to work something out even yeah. before then to keep him in the fold, is going to be probably the, the story for this team in the off season as yep. far as personnel either being retained or, or they move on from them. I think you're right. Courtney, thanks. We appreciate the update, all right? No problem. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. This is Courtney Cronin brought to you by ETI School of Skilled Trades. Carmen and Yurk, Mellers in for Yurko. We'll be right back. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Bring Carmen and Yurko with you at home or in your office. Just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. And Eric Mellers in for the good kid. Uh, I don't know what the Hawks are doing. Do the did, Hawks know what the Hawks I, are doing? I don't know. But they, they weren't supposed to have eight points until like Thanksgiving. And they, somehow they've won four in a row. What happened to suck hard for Bedard? Uh, I, I, I'm stunned. I mean, 
I don't know. I was watching the game last night. I had it sort of, I was doing NFL stuff. I mean, it's the NFL season after I'm working. We're watching tape. We're doing all that other stuff. And the Hawks were on. I mean, I so there's Pat Boyle. There's Scott Darling. I'm not going to lie. Intermission. I'm watching the game and sort of following it. I didn't pay too close attention, but it was. I'm like, what? what is happening? They're beating the Panthers now? I was actually watching the Colorado Avalanche play the New York Rangers. Watching Artemi Panarin mm. walk in to the arena, right. a lot of uh, you know, longing for the good old days of Blackhawks uh. when they were fun to watch. And I had I I listen. I generally spend my time watching teams I like to watch. Right. And right now the Blackhawks, at least entering the season, were not one of those. And then in the middle of the Avalanche and Rangers game. Uh, Linda Cohen breaks in and up, updates me and lets me know that Patrick Kane has just made it a 2 nothing lead for the Blackhawks. Like, what? And I was like, what? Again? They're doing this again? So I flip, uh, flip over to Hawks and Patty Boyle in the middle of intermission. And I was like, what's going on here, Carm? I don't know. Uh, I have no answer for it. I mean, are they better than we thought? I don't think so. They still don't have much firepower. And the guys Kane's playing with are like, really? Yeah. I mean, I... I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, I guess it's a good sign that the Is coach it? has them playing hard. Okay. If they you're looking at like row. one big picture, like positive to take out of it, but the idea was supposed to be to tank to get Connor Bedard and reset your franchise. Because suck hard for Bedard. What's happening here? Is it? I mean, you know, Taves at the empty netter at the end of the game last night. Does this mean that Taves and Kane will not be moved at the trade deadline? I don't know. I don't even. I can't even. Please. It's just uh, perplexing. Vancouver, Vancouver's 0-5-2. So Vancouver's tanking. Did I tell you they're from Vancouver or did I tell you they're from Vancouver? The Canucks are tanking hard for their sucking hard for Bedard. They're 0-5-2. You better hit the pause button here with four points. You eight, know. eight points. Four wins. Uh, eight eight points. points. Excuse me. Eight points. Eight points. They're six ahead of uh, Vancouver. And, yeah, and the Ducks aren't doing uh, very well yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow it's, it down, uh, boys. All right. It's a little weird. Uh, the one thing I will, I do want, and I think we should note this. Yes. You might never have heard of him. You know, he's an American-born player, which is great. I would think most people. I do- Meller, stop it. What I do you mean, you most stop people, it? Uh, now, you think I, I like guess, okay. know the name we're about to say. Yes, I, I, I got a sports talk radio show. His name. I absolutely know his name, and I'll tell you why he's so great. I, Go ahead. Yes, he's right. right. Go ahead. Then I'll get ahead. I'm going to, Meller and I both think you, we should pause for a minute. Who do you think you're talking to? Who do you think you're talking Puck to? This Dalla? Puck Dalla and Blue Damn Line right. Black over here. And Come Blue on. Line Black. Yeah, yeah what do you want to do? You want to do? do a sports radio show, and I didn't think they'd know who the this guy was. This is, this is right up their alley. This Against is the exactly why. So last night, the NHL's Ironman record was broken. It is now 990 consecutive games for America's very own Phil Kessel. On his, what, his fourth team? I think this is his fourth team already. He also joined the 400 Goal Club last night, which he is kind of cool. Yes. Uh, it is an, it's a remarkable achievement uh, to play that many consecutive games in the NHL. The game is so fast and physical and violent. And I think during the intermission, I was watching a little hockey. I was watching the Vegas game after. It was the, that was the game that was on ESPN after, yes. right? I flew with yes. the Hawks were over. And Chelios and Messier were on there talking about, like, do you know the kind of things that can go wrong to prevent that streak from happening. I mean, it really is remarkable that he's played in 990 consecutive games. He's the last guy you'd expect. He's not Duncan Keith or that takes care of himself. He talks about eating too many hot dogs. He, he looks like you walking down the street, there's no way anybody would guess wow. he's a professional hockey player. He, he looks like he ate <laughs> the old Phil Kessel, like when he was Damn. young. I mean, uh, that this is the guy that has the Ironman streak is truly remarkable. It's it's 
remarkable and absolutely awesome. Yes, at the I, same time. I, I encourage folks out there um, to do a Google image search of Phil Kessel and Hot Dog. And just watch what comes up. It is fabulous. There's just so many amazing. Great, like See, I, I, you it, guys, you guys are hating on it. So I don't oh, it. It's oh incredible. God. He's eating hot dogs. Oh my god, he eats nothing but Skittles. His favorite candy I'm reading is Sour Patch Kids, and he had nothing but Sour Patch Kids during the Olympics. That's all he would eat. He would rarely drink water. But the problem is how does now, he play hockey? You, you want to know how he plays hockey? Because that's how his body's built. He's amazing. And if he stops now built and different. he starts, yeah, if he starts eating healthy. He might disintegrate. So, so he's actually smart. He's like, hey, this Listen. works for me. I'm going to do it until I can't play anymore. And now he's played in 990 consecutive games. I mean, we give Danny Zetterman a lot of props for being the armchair nutritionist. Phil Kessel goes to the school of Merkin when I it comes guess. to dietary needs. And I think this is all you need to see. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely I mean, absurd. Zetterman can't play in 990 straight games. Of course not. So armchair nutritionist, please. And if memory serves, I'm almost positive that one of the games, I, I think it was last year, maybe it was two years ago, Phil Kessel actually, to extend the streak, he it was the, the birth of his child. Mm. He actually flew to the game, took uh, the, he was on the ice for the opening faceoff, immediately left oh. the game. Hopped on a private jet for the birth of his child, and then was back for the next game. Now you're 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 not you're you're giving me a look like this has nullified well, I mean, the that's... significance of it. No, I it hasn't. It you hasn't. got you got to give the man dedication for yeah. you know stepping out on his wife in the middle I of guess. the child uh, the birth of his child to continue the streak. Sometimes the Iron Man streaks need uh, what should I say here? Like a, a little, little bit of manipulation, a, a little manipulation, and. I would think most Listen, sports fans know the story of Cal Ripken. I was and just going to say it's not like they had to turn um, out the lights and postpone the game. Yeah, if you don't, a simple Google search will turn up the very famous Cal Ripken lights out, bus delayed, the whole crazy rumor, rumor, rumor. Bill that you can find it on what the was internet. What's going on? Yeah. So all right, I, it's still incredible, Abdallah. Wh- how do you know Phil Kessel? Because it's the hot dog thing? Because he's he's an unlikely hockey player? Because I'm Puck Dalla. Because yeah. I, I bet on hockey constantly, we, my friend. So Phil Kessel had a disallowed goal the other night that cost me an over. How oh, about my that? God. This is amazing. Yeah, he is how about that? I can't believe it. How about this. that? And he's been a great player in his career. Like, he's been an elite goal scorer at times in his career. He helped the Penguins oh, yeah. win a couple cups and 40 goals multiple times. Yeah. In his career. I mean, he's like, he's a legit, he's got 400 career goals. Like, he's a legit goal scorer. He just now, doesn't look the part at all. Now, I do believe that the hot dog story or the reason it's in question. I, apparently, there was a, oh, a Toronto Lord. columnist who was so annoyed with Phil Kessel and his lack of fitness that I believe the. The reality is that the Toronto columnist in his would frequently point out how Phil Kessel stopped in Toronto to street uh. vendors and would grab hot dogs. But apparently, I think Phil Kessel and his wife have both um, put this. Yeah, they've said this. This was not actually accurate. So even though we love the idea of him eating a hot dog. At every turn, whenever he gets the opportunity, I don't know if that's absolutely, completely, one hundred percent. He looks like the guy that's still doing what we did as kids, like when they told you you had a carb load before a big event, you know, and like that's not really what you should be doing. <laughs> no, probably I think not. Phil Kessel's eating a big plate of pasta before every game. God bless him. Six thirty goal seasons, Miller, but never a forty goal. Okay, season. So he had, but what, six thirty goal seasons, thirty eight, thirty nine, a couple uh, times, right? He's got two thirty seven goal there seasons go. on his Close resume. Enough. So he was. I mean, he's been an elite goal scorer in his league. So tip of the cap. 
In back-to-back years, the Ironman streak uh, is broken. Keith Yandel broke it last year. He's retired. He's not playing anymore. And now Phil Kessel has it. I like the NHL Ironman streak being held by Phil Kessel much more than I like it being held by Keith Yandel personally. Me too, because Phil Kessel's just, I think, had a better career and is a little bit more of a personality. Although Keith Yandel was a pretty good player for a long sure. time. Sure. Yeah, an American. American should have that record. Yes, from uh, Wisconsin, from Madison. Maybe. There you go. It's Madison's very own. Wayne is in Mount Prospect on ESPN 1000. What up, Wayne? Wayne-o. Wayne-o. What do you think about making it bet Dak Prescott to win the MVP at 100 to 1 odds? No. Ooh, I don't no. know. I think he's no. way too far behind the eight no. ball, Wayne. Even no at chance. 100 to 1. Yeah, no if there's chance. Any, if there's any path for the Cowboys, Michael Mike Parsons, Parsons yeah. would win it. And that's not going to happen because no. it's just this is yeah. a quarterback award, period. Well, um, listen, like, eh, if. if it would take a couple I mean, injuries. Josh Allen would have to get hit by a bus, Miller. I mean, let's or face he, it. Or he could injure himself and be uh, done for true. the year. <laughs> Not as extreme as your example, but he does play football. <laughs> if he, if he, he could just get hit by a lineman. I mean, it doesn't, oh, one of the two. It doesn't have to be that extreme. Yeah, one, exactly. of the, one of the two. I mean, who knows? You know, Wayne, so. I don't, yeah, I'm with Miller. No, that's no, a no Mike, that's, Michael Parsons is, is the guy yeah. who you would want to bet. Yeah. But. Dax missed too much time. And I, you know, look, he still might need a game or two to get back. He. Dak didn't look great last week. I, you know, I went back and watched the film of that game. Guy, you know, I mean, he made a couple of good throws late, but um, there was still some erraticness. And look, is it his thumb probably still going to bother him for another week or so? It's that's not a bet I would make. Uh, if you look at Dak Prescott's stats, sneakily, really since last September, when the Cowboys kind of like piled up some passing numbers, they kind of have been very pedestrian. Pedestrian, I would agree with you. Even so. last year. Yeah, as they were winning, it, like they had they had a huge September last year. Yes, and then after that, it kind of trailed off. I would agree. Yep. All right, we'll grab some more calls if you want to talk Bears, Cowboys. Uh, how do the Bill Bears Kessel do? Castle and hot dogs. Bill Castle and hot dogs. Let us know. And should the Bears mindset be changing at all as we approach the trade deadline? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll be right back. Listening to Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000. Follow at Carmen DeValco and at Yurko 64 on Twitter. Carmen and Yurko on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Uh, back out to the calls here in a minute. Not a game I'm playing this weekend. Mellor and I were just talking about it, but three teams getting double digits in week. Eight, including our beloved, or getting, you might find a nine and a half. There's a lot of tens out there. Then you've also got, uh, what's the other team? I'll save the best for last. Oh, the uh, Eagles are laying, coming out of bye. Eagles laying 11 against the Bad Steelers team. And then I had said to Mellor, I'm like, man, can you believe Aaron Rodgers getting 11, 12 points? 11 and a half yeah. I'm looking at right now. And you know what? It's not a game I'm going to play, but if you force me to pick, I might tell you to lay the lumber with Buffalo. I do not like the way the Packers look right now. Man. Yeah, it's Sunday night football. The Bills are hosting the Packers. You mentioned to me, yeah, they're coming off the bye, don't forget. Yeah. That is uh, not, I mean, you cannot. Now, I guess I didn't really expect the Bears to put it on the, the Patriots, but you feel different about this one, the way the Bills are playing mm-hmm. at home on Sunday night football. I it's can't. a lot of points to give Aaron Rodgers, but I just don't like the way they look right now. I know it's not a bet I'd feel comfortable making or giving out. And you know what it was like in the past there was there were you could look at the Packers and you would be like okay you could see a path to them getting back but right now they have not fixed the problem the gaping hole that they have once they traded away Devontae Adams. No. They're and I don't that's not coming. That's certainly not coming on Sunday. Of course not. Maybe they make a trade at the trade deadline to try and add some, you know, some DJ receiving. Moore. Yeah. Like he's the name that keeps popping up. Yeah. Now 
but I, you look around like like Alan Lazard is questionable. He was standing on the sidelines at the end of the game last week, and he's the only reliable target catcher that's on the roster for them. Everyone else right now, ah, I'm with you. It's uh, you know you've got it, infighting. Look good. You've got yeah. him calling out, you know, asking for more simplicity. Matt yeah. Lafleur saying, "I don't even know what that means." He's like, "How can I we mean, get any more simple?" Yeah, you you've got a a bad offensive mix for the Packers. So yeah, Bakhtiari can't stay healthy. Jenkins got hurt again. I think Sunday, didn't he? Did yeah. Jenkins end up leaving the game. Like they're they're just uh, they're, they're kind of a mess offensively right now. Moe's in Frankfurt. What's up, Mo? Hey, I use hey Mo. First of all, I want to say thank you, Jeff. You're Miller. welcome, Mo. Always you're because welcome. Because you, you saw my tweets, right? What he's like, sure. Yes. No, what happened? Which one? Oh, my God. My fantasy football team blew up because of him. Oh, On well, Sunday morning, ESPN 1000. Thank you, Mo. Appreciate to it, Jeff buddy. Meller. Thanks, Mo. Appreciate it. Well, all right. And then so, the odds couple. Yeah. Oh, come on. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting I, here tweeting I Mike my, North. I, I had my first uh, 0 for week. I'm sorry about that. I went 0 for 2 in the odds couple last week. That's the first time I've gone 0 for this year. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's I went Oppo. <laughs> I went Oppo. Yeah. You went Oppo. There you go. And then um, FanDuel, come on, that's awesome. I'm doing like my wife actually told me she's like, you should put some money on the games, and she's never said that to me before because I'm making money. But let me tell you something: I pulled off the Bulls and the Bears win at the same time on a parlay, mm. and American yeah, special. You throw twenty five bucks on it, and then next thing you know, you make two something. Two fifty. Like, what? Yeah. Listen, I know Carm's always been a big backer of the parlays. Yeah. The, time I've gotten to know, the time I've gotten to know Carm, he's always been a big supporter of parlays. Mo, be careful with those parlays. As long as it's that's a winning that's parlay. How they get people, Carm's right? like, as long as you're going to, if you're going to play a parlay, the key is to win. Mo's you have like, to what? win your parlays in order for it to be a good play. They paid me 10 to 1 on 25. I'm going to make one every week. Damn right. Love it. Mo, just tread lightly with that, all right? Please. <laughs> Let's go to Dave in Midlothian. What up, Dave? Hey boys, I got the lock for you. You ready? Right, got so it. Good odds. I'm sorry. Let me say. Let me repeat this. Good odds. Mm-hmm. Right? Bears to make simply just make the playoffs mm. at plus twelve hundred. Mm-hmm. Plus twelve hundred. And the key thing is we got the tiebreaker against the 49ers since we beat them week one because I think the 49ers are going to beat up on some of the other NFC teams. Mm-hmm. And let's just, and the big thing I think the Bears figured out the offense. All right, Dave. I mean, Dave's down. I, I, can't, I can't say I totally agree, but if you want to put tw- – would I discourage you from putting 20 bucks at 12 to 1? No. You can now, afford to lose 25 bucks. Go ahead and do it if you think in a, in a wide-open, <laughs> mediocre NFC that the Bears can somehow string it together and I, make it. Go ahead. I don't know if you've taken a close look at this, Carm, but right now the Bears are currently in a seven-way tie for the seventh spot yes. in the NFC. So right now – and. They are currently last of those seven teams, they but are. they are in a seven-way tie. So, maybe, just maybe, go on a little run here. Playoffs, huh? Playoffs? Um, what, there are, who's the last team in right now in the NFC? Is it Tampa? It would be Tampa right now. Yeah, Tampa's Based the last tie, team in. tiebreakers. Based on tiebreakers. <laughs> with six, is there tied with six Ta- other teams? Tampa's three and four. Yes. So, if you want to go ahead and do it, do it. I mean, I, again, I'm not going to tell you there's no way... The league's crazy. I, I think it's a tough road to host, a tough road to host still for the Bears. Dallas this week, they've got to play the Eagles. They've got to play the Dolphins, which is a defense that I think can really get after them. They've got to play the Bills. I mean, they got a tough schedule, but go ahead. 
Lions are still there. Oh, the Lions. A couple times. Please, the mm-hmm. one in five Lions. They'll, they'll, at worst, they'll split with the Lions, we'll say that, right? that, that Jets game in New York looks a little bit more difficult than it did at the start of the season. Although a lot of injuries. They, they just Priest lost Hall, Elijah, Vera, of course, uh, yep. Elijah Vera Tucker, sure, Brees Hall. Yes. Yes. They've lost Mekhi Becton for the year that happened in the preseason. The Brees Hall injury is serious. That's the one He's, that... He looks to be a... a you know he's a running back, so I'd be careful. But he looks like well, he's look, a playmaker. You know what? He's and, a playmaker, and this—that's you know what—that's a great way to discern the Carmen and Yerko philosophy of not overpaying for a running back, but also recognizing that when you draft a guy with fresh legs, yes. and he's proven to you, whether it be you know through six or seven games, that he's a guy who you can. There's nothing wrong with liking a running back, right? The, Question a rookie comes, on a rookie deal. I mean, absolutely. That's when you love them. Yes, the because he's young. Comes, he's got the legs, like you said. He's a playmaker. Like you love it. Good. Yeah. The question comes in is then when he wants to be paid, though, can you allocate enough money to that position and still find yourself with enough money left over right. to still build a successful roster? That's where it gets problematic. Right. I would never pay him, but is it a problem for the Jets in the here and now? It is. Because he was really useful in that offense. They went out and they traded for James Robinson. But they got a few serious injuries. But there is some talent on that Jets team. And they're playing with some confidence and some swag. So I agree with you that that, that game doesn't look as easy as maybe it once as, as it once did for the Bears. AJ's in Mount Prospect. What's up, AJ? What's going on, boys? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, AJ. buddy. Uh, so I actually just had a few general bets. I you guys talking about season-long ones. And I noticed one uh, for the Eagles to go 17-0. and at 16 to 1 and I'm looking at the rest of their schedule and um I can't say if I were an Eagles fan that um it looks too scary you got um Texans yeah. Com- yeah, Texans Commanders Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. You start with Pittsburgh, and then you've got you know coming off the bye this week. Still pretty some winnable games this week in the next few. Is that what you're saying, AJ? Oh, absolutely. oh. I mean, the rest of the season. Uh, I, honestly, the Cowboys might be the toughest team they sure. play, in especially Dallas. the way the Packers look. Yeah. Yes, no, yeah. but you're right. It, it's definitely no opponent there really looks like they're going to. They're, you're never going to be fearful of who the Eagles are playing. They might not be a dog in a game. I don't know. When they go to Dallas, they uh-huh. probably will be. AJ, thanks. Listen, that's one of well, those where I would still say that's the one. You know what? You look at the roster. That's the one game where you said maybe potentially, but it depends on how Dallas continues to play as well. Like if the Eagles go into that game undefeated, yeah, that's true. Like I could see uh, the I, Eagles being a slight favorite in Dallas. Seventeen and zero to me is a real reach. Sure, T- team's going to have a bad week. Uh, this league is too crazy. There's too much parity. Injuries, it's a real, uh, injuries. It's a real reach to think anybody can I, pull off seventeen. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I guess today Jalen Hurts came out oh, meeting boy. the media in full Houston Astros apparel. Really? Yeah. He's a big Astros I fan. guess What's so. with your guy, Abdali? He's, he's, the, he's cheering against us. He's the one guy supporting the no, Astros. he's honest, and I appreciate it. He's not catering to the fan base and trying to, oh, go, I'm an eagle, go Philly. No, he's, he's a true What's fan. What's with him? He grew, up in the, he grew up in Houston? Yeah, I think he's from Texas. Is that why? No. So he, I mean, uh, yeah, that's he, ballsy. He's walking into the press conference in Philly. What I mean, they, what are they going to do? Carm, I'm talking full... <laughs> Like he's got the uh, he's oh got the God. hoodie the, uh, the uh, Astro or is that a hoodie? I'm not sure if that's an Astro. Dude, I've been to now. Philly, Abdallah. I'll tell you what they're gonna do. They're nasty. If he they keeps winning, like they'll be fine. Stuff. No, yeah, I think yeah. Abdallah's if right. They, like if they keep if they keep winning and make the playoffs and end up going to the Super Bowl, I think they'll I think they'll forget about it. Don't forget, there's a statue of Nick Foles over there. You know, uh, he's crazy. He's wearing an Astro gear. What's the matter with him? A little good natured uh, move, man. Yeah, but you don't want to alienate your own fan base, man. 
Speaking of the Astros, Nick Castellanos was on with us earlier. He had some good stuff to say about the Astros and the cheating scandal. In case you missed it, we'll play it next. You can also catch up on the full interview, which was really good. Castellanos was good. Uh, check out the whole thing at the ESPN Chicago app. But we'll play uh, a highlight of that coming up next, and then we'll cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie in 15 minutes. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie coming up in 12 minutes. Meller's in for York today and tomorrow. We had Nick Castellanos on early in the show. Again, if you missed the interview, check it out. Just go to the ESPN Chicago app and you can catch up on the pod. But he's in his first World Series, third different uh, trip to the postseason, the deepest run he's made yet as he gets ready to play in the World Series in Houston, Game 1 on Friday night. And you're going to catch all the games here on ESPN 1000. Here was Castellanos when we asked him about the Astros and their past and if they're extra vigilant knowing what the Astros have been accused of and caught doing in the past. I would say that if I if if it doesn't roll around in my mind, I'd be lying, right? You know, because... You know, once somebody does something once, there's always a chance that they can do it again. Now, that being said, I don't I have no idea, you know, and I'm not making any assumptions. But, you know, no one here is is stupid. You know, JT is an incredibly smart guy. So I'm sure that uh, all of our uh, him and the pitchers are going to be on the same page of, you know, not just putting any, you know, single sign down or taking anything like that for granted. But I mean, now with there's so much technology out there and in baseball right so like it's it's always inevitable pretty much anywhere that you can go so it's our, our club has just done a good job of, of just being aware and um, doing the best we can to make sure that everything we're doing is staying uh, in-house and maybe a little bit complicated so hmm. no one else can really figure it out that easy in-house and a little complicated I would think pitchcom is helping but who knows the the smart people that really want to sort of crack the code or find a way to cheat, can probably find ways to cheat. I would think Pitchcom helps a little bit, though, right, where you're not would, going to the old school flashing signals. and I would hope, I would hope that it helps a lot, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, call me naive, but am I naive to believe that a lot of that has kind of been taken out of the game? Because of Pitchcom, you mean? Yeah, do, am I? Well, I wonder, and, and, like... But also, to the repercussions that the Astros had to deal with, do you... Or, or, or do you look at it? Well, Alex Bregman is hitting again, exactly. so he must. The Astros must be cheating. What, what are the What are the repercussions? I mean, if you're a player, the walk of shame they had to do. Whatever. Does that really matter? Well, to I, don't them? I don't know. I don't you know. know. I, 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 in terms of pitch comic, like, is there like, a way? I feel like the Astros have that extra motivation right now, wanting to prove that they can go ahead and win a World Series without. The stain, if yeah, well, or without them cheating, yes. Although, like I mean, are we sure that they're? Not? I'm not. I, I I can't definitively tell you, but and you know, I feel like as an organization, having gone through what they went through, they'd be crazy they'd, to cheat. You know, yeah, they'd it'd be from the top down, right? Don't listen. That's something where you're like, all right, it, I'm trying to remember. Who's their? What's their Luno. owner? Oh, yes. the owner. No, 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 the owner. The what's owner? the owner's name? Uh, remember, he. I don't. I'm not know, gonna be able to think of it. It's, yeah. Um, I, I won't forgot. Be able to, I'll look it up. But yeah, Lunau obviously was you know he, it cost him his job, right? So Jim Crane, thank you. Yeah, Jim, Jim Crane. Crane. Remember now he came, he came out and he looked foolish initially when he had the first public statement after you know they dismissed Lunau, I believe, and uh, so yeah, I could be wrong. 
you know, maybe it's it's just sports. You right. look for every advantage possible, right? Yeah. But I I just feel like if you're the Astros, would you really want to go down that road again? I don't know. I you know I feel and Dusty Baker as their manager, Dusty he, might be yeah. Like is if he Dusty, somebody who is going to allow it? I don't know. If Dusty ever got wind or word of it, he might be the kind of guy that says we're not yeah. doing it. AJ Hinch didn't have the. Whether it was the, the cojones or the desire or the gravitas at the time to put a stop to it, AJ just sort of kind of buried his head in the sand and let it happen. Dusty, I see what you're saying. Like, he does have the gravitas to be like, we're not doing it. You we're know, not going to yeah. do it. Like, I just, I just think it's one of those things, too, where as an organization, you know, it's, they had their way of, you know, you know, stealing signals and watching the video as it was happening. At this point, has, if that hasn't been eliminated, then shame on Major League Baseball as yeah, well. Yeah. And, and again, yeah, if the Astros, if something comes out. And you know what? I guess look at look at the Patriots. How many different scandals have I'm, they been involved in? Yes. And yeah, so I don't know. There I mean, was Spygate and Deflategate. And even after Spygate, remember recently within the last couple of years, they got caught with some. They had a clever excuse for it. They had a guy trying to, again, up in the press box, didn't mm-hmm. they? Filming a practice. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah, what the, was that the, story a couple of years ago? Remember? And they said, "Well, no, he's doing footage for a behind the yes, scenes." The, the, yes, the, the video, crew, the, the video crew. They had a video crew that was using what? What was that story, guys? Do you remember like a video crew that was? He had like an NFL films, right? Like or something right. like that. Like, like they pass. had the, they they had like a, a media badge that they probably should not have had, and were passing themselves off as doing something for NFL films when it was like we all know what they were doing. Yes, they were again trying to film somebody's sideline. I think that's what it was. They were trying to film, like, the Bengals sideline, and the the Patriots were playing them the next week or the week after. Hmm. I don't know. So maybe I am. It was against the Bengals. 2019. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. On to Cincinnati. Right? And and, and these teams are always trying. As much as you might not want to admit it. Yeah, so he was was caught taping from the press box the Browns and Bengals game. There you go. He was there. And he was caught taping the sideline. And the, like the Bengals were playing the Patriots the next week yeah. or the week after or something. Yes. And they had a yep. very clever, convenient excuse about know what it's really for. And Unknowingly it's for, violated yeah. league yeah. policy by, yeah. by filming the field and the sideline from the press box. Sure. Uh, part <laughs> well, of sorry. a documentary series called <laughs> Do Your yes. Job. Yes. Right, yeah. Is it, uh-huh. is, it, is it not allowed to film the other team? I, oh, I, 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 was, <laughs> I was unaware that that's, that's frowned upon. In the, the national past football year, league. the Patriots content team was producing a series of behind-the-scenes features. Yes. And that mm-hmm. was a part of it. What a convenient excuse on the Patriots' part. Yeah. That's probably yeah. Maybe the Bears should start doing exactly. something like that. They're just, hey, pretend we're doing yeah. Send them to every team Blame the play. content team. Blame the content team. And give me all the video footage you can. I mean, that's what Belichick's doing. I mean, come on. Who so, are we kidding? Yeah. Huh? But Belichick didn't lose his gig. He just has been, well, of course, handsomely rewarded yeah. with riches and fame. So I don't know. And if they're not cheating in Houston, I don't know if they are or aren't. I don't know to what extent they did it in the past. They're, they seem to be really good at developing their talent. And that's why I think the White Sox should hire Joe Espada. I mean, this is a franchise, whether you like it or not, it's been in four of the last six World Series. You know, all they do is hey. Kyle Tucker and Jeremy Pena and Brayman and Alvaro. All they do is bring them up and they can play. I mean, you know, you think, hey, let's get this guy. Let's tap into do, this. Do you think the White Sox, that's where they're headed now? I'm worried that they were headed, and now I'm hearing. Oh, boy. Ozzy? Ozzy? Listen. Ozzy? 
I'm not hearing Run anything about Ozzy. 2005. But I'll say this. I've heard from someone who is much closer to the story, who is deep involved in it, who reports on these types of things, who so does the co- legwork, not your... <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Chris. So Yurko, good. You're, you're talking about Yurko? I'm not talking about Yurko. Um, <laughs> he's, that, been, he's been a reliable source for Ozzy information in the I, past. Well, this is not really as much as Ozzy. It is that all mm. of a sudden, mm. there is not as much communication with Joe Espada's camp. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Interesting. The Marlins now. That it seemed to be trending towards Joe Espada, and uh-huh. then very coincidentally enough, since oh Yurko's original report last week, uh-huh. there uh-huh. has not been as much and so someone reached out to me and said, like, could they seriously be considering Ozzy again? I'm like, I don't know, dude. It's my radio partner that reported. I have no uh, idea. I wait, honestly wait, wait. don't know. You sure? you I, I thought, I thought of something again, aren't you? Based on, based on like, social media, I thought Adam Dalla was reporting that. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if you read the, the blogosphere. Uh, yeah, it was Abdallah's Adam Abdallah's yeah. breaking news. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't this know. show has a problem with White Sox news, apparently, and <laughs> ruining guess. good things. I'm like, I really uh, don't I know. But they're like, could they possibly be leaning towards Ozzy? Like, it seems to be cooling on the spot. I'm like, really? I won't. Like, don't tell me that. I won't believe it until it's confirmed no, by, I, by Wet Butt 23. Exactly, right. That's what I need wet to hear. Wet Butt 23. Uh, but so the Mar- I think Espada should be yes, the guy. Are the Marlins on him well, now? No, no. They, they hired Skip Schumacher yesterday. Oh, they did. Okay. Or they, right? They, that was the report. Okay. So uh, they're off the table. Oh, good. And so maybe, just maybe. And obviously, no team yesterday. is... If Espada being involved in the World Series will not be announced as a manager of a team until after the until World after Series. The World Remember, Series. that's... The Major League Baseball doesn't like the World Series being upstaged by news. Right. That's been, you know, in the past, always something. So they're very. Sit and wait. I wonder I, why. Why does Major League Baseball start the World Series on Friday? I don't know. And these guys, we were talking about with Black and Abdallah. We maybe let's bring it up during crosstalk. Okay. Is that good? No Is it football. bad? Well, because Friday there's no football. There's sure. no football. I mean, they, that, that, there's that, high school football. Well, yeah, the but playoffs. I mean, there's that, high school playoff that's football. True. But I do think, I, strategically in my mind, if you do, they're avoiding Sunday. Sure. It's basically what they want to so get they want to. game they, one, they, game they two. They know. you got to avoid Sunday at this time of year. And so I think that's why. I think they're content with Friday, Saturday, into next week. And then what? It would be next Friday and Saturday if they needed for, uh, is that right, guys? It would be Friday the 4th and Sunday the, uh, I'm sorry, Friday the 4th. And Saturday the fifth. Friday the fourth is game. Would be game six. Yeah, exactly. See, Saturday, they're Sunday. avoiding Sunday. That's why right. they're doing it like this. We'll uh, cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie coming up next. Nick Castellanos has the final word. Brought to you by Bath Planet. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have the last word on Carmen and Yurko. My close circle of friends, you know, know me, and they give me a hard time, and they send me all this, <laughs> all this, shit, you know, and you know, we we joke and we go back and forth. It's not like I'm a hermit and live in a hole, you know. Like I'm aware, I'm aware like I'm aware of everything that that goes on. I just really want, I just really pick and choose, uh, and filter, you know, the information I care to absorb. 